Hi guys, welcome back to season 6, episode 13 of Melon Girl Problem Podcast. And we are going to stick on this kick of the character cartoon nostalgia. And we're going to be with the trained avatar. And we are hitting one of my most favorite and most heartfelt, heart-wrenching characters from Avatar. Uh, and that is Uncle Iroh, the good loving uncle who loves tea. And what I really like about Uncle Iroh is that Uncle Iroh is portrayed as the wise, peace-loving um, person in the show. But however, from book one to book three, he's very laid back in book one. And then he wasn't portrayed as this, you know, almighty sage or, you know, he's made to believe like this, you know, lovable, beautiful uncle. And you kind of see like this transformation where he becomes, you know, he, if people first meet him, he appeared to them as lazy or incompetent or concerned about the facts of the world, you know, just a very laid back attitude. But considering Uncle Iroh's first appearance in book one, episode one, after Prince Zuko sees a giant beam of light across the sky signaling the release of the Avatar, you know, he's like very like, nonchalant about it, you know, thinks like the celestial lights. And he tells Zuko he doesn't want to get him overexcited for nothing, but on the surface, Uncle Iroh's reaction appears thoughtless, self-absorbed, and undisconcerting, but he seems more concerned by his game than the search for the Avatar, and failed to distinguish a profound supernatural occurrence from ordinary celestial light. Several so earlier scenes before that, Uncle Iroh can appear inept, distractible, lazy, and disengaged, and very different from the internet focused, competent concern Uncle Iroh in Book 3. While this can be argued that in book one, Uncle Iroh's foolishness is a is a, is a, is, a, is a, like a mask or a rouse, a ruse essentially. And Uncle Iroh's character does not fundamentally change, but in book one, he is widely followed the strategy suggested by the ancient Chinese philosopher for dealing with incompetent leaders. He seems foolish in book one is in fact a strategic strategy for minimizing the harm that Prince Zuko would otherwise inflict on himself and others. And I don't touch that's more effectively help Prince Zuko find wisdom than it will be possible with more of a confrontational approach. While watching the show and looking back on it that seems to be the contrary to our expectation as the viewer because before collecting all the evidence and all the points you know it seems that for us if we watch the right end we can be very unfamiliar with the series and what the message we're trying to bring on the first viewing but looking back on it so as adult now i can almost immediately tell that uncle iroh's superficial fullness has a really deeper purpose even if the purpose did not seem almost immediately apparent and i think you know like uncle iroh he had a lot of jokes and misdirection with William but so that does not understand how clear he seriously takes them um I think overall for specifically Zuko and I think him being Zuko's uncle and Uncle Iroh taking very specific care of Zuko even when he is banned by his brother slash his father um and then just having poor Zula being like bringing watching this perfect weapon and I think for Uncle Iroh specifically like he tries his best to give his nephew the best wisdom advice he can and lead him to have a good to the path of darkness like his brother and sadly his niece um but I think overall between all that I think for Iroh he doesn't like how to damper down Zuko's unwise plan or except in direction on of non-threatening ways he does suggest, suggest to Zuko that relax and drink some tea at one point he re- redirects their ship to a trading town in search of a gaming tile and then at that point he allows him to relax in a hot spring delaying the departure of their ship but despite these suggestions and redirection he does not outright reject Zuko's quest to capture the avatar he even helps in the quest and he does not make himself 
Um, well, be a nuisance to Zuko by arguing at Zuko's plans or by priority his sagely virtue or advancing moral political doctrine. But instead, he actively undercuts whatever tendency Zuko always might have to see him as a wise and thus uh, judgmental demanding by playing the fool, forgettable, observant, lazy, and essentially the interested in tea and the game of pow show. In a way, Uncle Iroh keeps himself by Zuko's side of mauling peace and humanity and concerned about fame, reward, and wealth or honor. He remains available to help guide Zuko through the path of righteousness in the right direction when Zuko is ready. And I think overall, we can distill from Uncle Iroh's love, usefulness, and third piece of I think of how he transformed us because throughout book one, the beginning of book two, we observe one three exceptions to Uncle Iroh's approach. All are informative. First, Uncle Iroh is stern, directed with Zuka when inducing into firebending. But when we see that Iroh is capable of opinionated command, he's not lazy and easygoing, all these things, but elementary firebending appears to be or require no spiritual insight. So there's no need, no threatening moral instruction or questioning of Zuko's projects and value. And then, secondly, Zuko gives Uncle Iroh gives Zuko one stern piece of advice that Zuko rejects automatically, and you know Uncle Iroh warns Zuko that there's a storm approaching. When Zuko refuses to acknowledge the risk, Uncle Iroh urges Zuko to consider the safety of the crew, and Zuko easily responds with the safety of the crew doesn't matter, and that can and then continue straight to the eye of the storm. And when they encounter the storm, the crew complain. Iroh tends to defuse the situation by suggesting noodles, and Zuko is. Again, offended, saying that he doesn't help, doesn't need help keeping order on his ship. However, at the climax of that episode, when the storm is raging and the Avatar is finally in sight, Zuko chooses to let the Avatar go so that the ship can steer safely. And then we, you know, we think of this like finally Zuko's taking Uncle Iroh's like advice and reflecting on it. And in thought, Iroh's advice, though at first seemingly ignored and irritating to Zuko, and thus, you know, Zuko felt like in the religion that his uncle was trying to protect him and his crew not get them harm's way. And I think overall, when we see this split, we think, oh, Uncle Iroh is really good because he's teach, trying to teach Zuko, like, don't always rush into things and, you know, take things slow. But I think overall, why many people empathize with Uncle Ira and why many people want to be Uncle Ira because Uncle Ira is one of those great characters that you're just instantly drawn to in the story. They are inspiring or they're terrifying and they make you love them or hate them and a great character is key to a great story no matter its medium and great characters are very special because they have the ability to capture the attention of so many people and a fact that is becoming more and more difficult as our modern world become more and more distracting and i don't know about you but when i was a kid i would get so wrapped up in my favorite characters that i have often wanted to be them i say their personality traits and ask myself what makes them so great but of course some of the things that changed as i grew older and may have admired a character or they might have intrigued me but it became a rare occurrence that i wanted to be them until i met uncle iroh i feel like you know, when this show came on, it was a lie. It was new. It was fascinating. This show had the most strongest female character reputation I've ever seen. And then, you know, you have more shows like Legend of Korra, which I will delve into that one aspect. But reeling back to the Avatar and Aang and, you know, seeing this show coming out for like 11 or 12 I wouldn't have wanted to be guitar and been happily been spending my summers pretending to water bend as I splashed the water around the pool or like playing with the rain or like playing with the water and I and then you know as you know I've 
become more mature, graduated from college, and become a little bit older, I wanted to be Uncle Iroh. And this series, Uncle Iroh is Zuko, is the uncle of Zuko, who begins the series and tagging his primary character. While a recurring character himself, Uncle Iroh's influence so many stuff in the series like over time he would make a world a better place by simply being the positive influence of those around him and uncle ira was old and a male so it may come to surprise that i want to be uncle ira but you know there are reasons uncle ira possesses characteristics that we all should strive for to develop whether we are male or female not only do these characteristics help uncle ira navigate life but they help everyone around him i think what really balances uncle ira's character development and his characters in general, Uncle Ira is arguably the most cons consistently balanced character in the series. Sure, Aang is the avatar and the epitome of balance, but Aang has an open mind and is willing to learn and can bend all the elements, but he's still developing and growing to an adult, while Uncle Ira, on the other hand, is fully developed understand who he is and his place in the world. Though Uncle Ira would never bend all the elements, he develops unique fire bending by simply applying the techniques water, water benders use to his element, thus creating the technique to redirect lightning. He welcomes the opportunity to learn from those who are not like him, and he does so with ease and grace. And also, he's pretty hard to knock down a fight. If you've seen this man fight, you will understand why. And another thing that I noticed about going back to the series is that Uncle Iroh is very honest about himself and others. And Uncle Iroh, I feel like when you see him, he acknowledges his mistake. It does not try to hide the fact from himself or others. And I think one time he, when they were in the Earth Kingdom and he made a defeat to Bakusei and he said when he was away from home for 600 days, he's like, he's been retired. He was tired and he was still tired. Though Uncle Iroh seems to be the best person, he's also very realistic. When Zuko wanted to fight his sister, he believed that I Uncle Iroh would rubberman him, but Uncle Iroh just says, no, she's crazy and she needs to go down. Like, because he's being so realistic and raw by himself and others that Uncle Iroh can do what needs to be done in order to make the world a better place without letting the way he wants things to cloud his judgment. And no offense, that's the best line ever in Avatar because he's like, now, your sister is crazy and she needs to go down. I don't care if she's my niece or not. Like, she needs to, like, settle down and chill, you know? But also, he's a very strong powerhouse. Like, just by looking on Iroh, no one would have guessed that he's the most powerful firebender in the show. I mean, this guy really can, A, breathe fire, be redirect lightning but also everyone assume he's just a fat old man but although we should never judge a book by its appearance you know that afraid never judge a book by its cover others made this mistake of judging him by his appearance all the time and he doesn't make that mistakes with others in his encounter with the character Toph who's a young blind girl um she's makes an assumption about how he views her but he is, tells him that she's mistaken Uncle Iroh simply says like I wasn't thinking of that at all and Uncle Iroh accepts others as they are he sees great potential in everyone with whom he comes in contact with and Uncle Iroh is always teaching us everything Uncle Iroh continues to teach others selfish, unselfishly it is very apparent through his interaction with nephew Zuko and other that he does so because he wants to see people reach their full potential I think 
even in the middle of Uncle Iroh getting mugged, <laughs> he asks the assailant, what are you doing? When the Baphomet man clarifies he's mugging Iroh, Iroh corrects in the man's stance that he can be more from the opponent and ends up take talking and the man discovers a new path for his life. And then Uncle Iroh basically just knocks him out, kind of per se. But Uncle Iroh like, doesn't judge anyone. Like He helps them do better for himself and maybe helps them redirect a new path in their life. But Uncle Iroh also appreciates the very simple things in life, like a good conversation, a good food, good cup of tea, a good story, and a good song. These simple things in Uncle Iroh's life makes him happy, even are some importance that he's experienced in his life. And I think also translate really well into his fantastic sense of humor. He is quipped and in that time and observations, everything of reality truly inspires a hard chuckles on a regular basis. He's like, if I refer you to, um, what's he say? He's like trying to make time Zuko to make tea. He's like, Zuko, you just made hot leaf juice. You didn't make tea. And also, there is nothing that, that could bother him of what he can't control. Often, Uncle Ivor worries himself over improving his tea and his tea house or buying his white lotus towel because he can control these things. But He's worried about Zuko because he wants to show him a good path. However, when in the least bit, he's not bothered by a squad of Earth Kingdom soldiers capturing him or mechanical problems with his nephew's ship. Or rather, he chooses to abide his time, act with honor, intelligence, and let the chips fall where they may. But Uncle Iroh, despite all these lists and bullet points that I've mentioned, he is very wise. He has lived many experiences in his life, made many mistakes, listened to wisdom, love, loss, and still love, but he truly understands love and value above anything else. And of all the years of the characters I have met in recent years of watching a TV show, I feel like Uncle Iroh understands best how to walk through the world in harmony. His ability to navigate so many different avenues and situations so well in his wisdom, he makes the world better and the world makes him better too. And called childish, if you will, that I want to be Uncle Iroh, not Aang, not Katara, not Toph, not Sokka, not Zuko. I don't want to be them because they didn't they didn't have the experience and wisdom that Uncle Iroh has, but not yet anyway. But sure, Uncle Iroh is a fictional character, not a real person, but characters have the ability to aspire. Often their impact stretches much further than a real person because more people come into contact with them through their own story. So I will say that maybe that's why we have a strong connection with cartoon characters, anime characters, because of the impact that they stretch on us, even though they're not real, even though they are a fictional person. I feel like having Uncle IRB created in the world that we live in back then and versus now in this world where we're that we're just obsessed with money success and being the best uncle iroh stands apart and shows those including us who cares to pay attention to a better way to live the world needs more characters like uncle iroh and it needs more people striving to be like him and that's what i kind of want to touch on with this episode but thank you for tuning in. Um, I will definitely be doing, I think I might start an avatar series here because the path I'm kind of rolling on. But thank you for tuning into this episode and talking about Uncle Iroh. And leave a comment either in the podcast or you can DM me on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you find me on social media. And let me know if you ever wanted to be like Uncle Iroh growing up. But take care and I'll see you next Friday at 12 noon from the podcast episode and I'll see you real soon. Until then, bye.